some chin, some greasy shit. You ain't got no better food, like some chicken wings, some baby back ribs, some fries or something? Chinese food, no soul food here. I didn't say nothing about no soul food. I said you got some better food. I don't want that greasy shit. How you gonna sell a big box of grease? I'm chili out what? Hey, come on. I'm no punk bitch. I ain't no punk bitch, neither. I'm no punk I'll come bitch. Come on. Man, what you got me eating? That's a ew. Is it good? Very good. What you got? Camel's hum. What? Camel's hum. Mmm. Kind of good. Need a little hot sauce, but it's kind of good, though. Once again, we are recording to you from South Lake Union, Seattle, Washington, Studio 212, part of the Soundcasting Network. This is going to be episode 111 of Grill. How long on that take, Mr. Uh, four Minute Chef? What's wrong with your voice, Johnny? Uh, going through some changes. <laughs> I am the host of this podcast, the longest running host of this podcast, uh, Bobby Load Survivor. Load Survivor. Uh, Bobby Stills is my name. Across from me, uh, producer dropping a deucer, uh, Risotto Kid, Parmesan Prince. Uh, what other ones we got there? Keith Boogie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And my co-host <laughs> filling in for today, at least, uh, Troy. How do you say your last name? I say Krajewski. <laughs> the, the juice. <laughs> the juice. The juice you, is loose. You've been watching the uh, new season of Hard Knocks? No, I haven't yet. Cleveland no. Browns, man. I know. It's going to be an interesting one. Kajuiced. <laughs> the juice. Uh, if you recognize his voice, it's because he's been on two episodes of Grill Hall Take Mr. Do you remember those episode numbers? Uh, I don't. I think the first one was in the 60s. 60s? The 69. Yeah, if I'm lucky. <laughs> uh, was that, were you in studio that time or were you at my house? Uh, the first one was in studio. Okay. Uh, the second one was uh, was in house. Hey, it probably uh, was in all of your glory. <laughs> yeah, it probably was like a year ago, almost around this time, because around this time last year, I was laid up in my house with a... Yeah, and it was really hot. <laughs> It was hot in the house. Yeah. I was super hot on pills, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, as you can hear, uh, it is uh, Troy here. If you want to hear anything about Troy, catch up with him. You can go back. His name is featured two times um, on either iTunes or SoundCloud. Are we on Stitcher? Stitcher, Google Play. All that good stuff. Just look up your mom's iPhone. <laughs> yeah, go through your mom's <laughs> iPhone. Uh, Johnny, I don't know if Johnny's going to be coming back to the show. I really want him to come back and explain himself of why he's not recording to us, but the man is too busy. We got a response. He's sending me a message. Apparently, he's cheating on us with uh, Chef Eric Riviera, and now he's in the pop-up game somehow. Moving on, I guess. I probably should have called Try him. I, I feel bad because I haven't reached out because uh, I've been kind of in my own little mood. And he's so, just waiting for you to come to a pop-up. Possibly. I don't do that pop-up <laughs> shit anymore. So I've been disappointed too many times. It's your, true. Your friends say, hey, I'm doing this pop-up, and you go there, and you're like, 
Yeah. Uh, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah. Or you get no, roped I'm, into working it with him. <laughs> that's happened. They've asked me. To, somebody's dropped out last minute. Yep. Uh, but no, uh, he's working on a pop-up with uh, Eric Riviera, I'm guessing, because it's through Otto. No, correction, it's Eric Rivera. You've been, like, fucking this dude's name up for, like, three months. So, Riviera? <laughs> it's Eric Rivera. Yes. Sorry, Eric. Uh, I'm edit that out. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but yeah, so he's gonna. He said he's working on a Southern American Chinese pop up dinner. So I guess he's taking his skills in Southern cuisine. He's been working with Eduardo Jordan, and somehow doing. Uh, American Chinese. All right. American Chinese. He knows. He's from the hood. So they got them hood Chinese places. But, uh, you know, I miss Johnny a lot. He's just uh, busy with his kid. And as we all know, Eduardo Jordan is like super, super on the up and coming. He just got named, I don't know, one of the Time magazines. Like uh, best restaurant in the country or something like that. No, like one of the most influential mm-hmm. uh, restaurants in America right now in Time magazine. So shout out. And on Eater, I was just, we're going to talk about something here real quick, but uh, at the bottom of Eater, it says award-winning chef Eduardo Jordan shares an interest, interesting behind the scenes look at his creative process for his amazing Southern restaurant. It's like you can't turn the corner without hearing his name and you can barely get any of his restaurants now. Shout out to Seattle. Shout out to Chef Jordan. Yeah. Shout out Elmer Dula, man. He was one of my favorite guests we had on here, but that dude's IG, check him out. He's all over the place. And all he does is eat good food and party. I'm super jealous of his life. It's the life, man. Well, he just got named. He's been a guest here, but he just got named the food and beverage director of his company, which I thought he already was, but it's an official title now. I guess that's what they were saying in the press release was that he's essentially been doing the job for three years now, but now he has the title to go with it. I'm sure a little... Yeah, bumping uh, Good on him. salary too. So shout out Elmer Dula, uh, shout out Johnny. I love you, man. Congratulations on your new pop up, uh, and. Uh Eric, you guys are doing good things. New ventures moving forward. Troy, what's new with you? Uh, You know, it's been been a busy summer. Do you want to catch people (laughs) up, tell them where you work, what your job title Uh, is? Yeah, so I'm up at uh, Rock Creek Seafood Spirits up in Fremont. Still holding down the brunch game, strong on the weekends. Just finished up uh, Hip Hop Brunch this Sunday. It was a wild one. Who's your DJ? Uh, It's Cliff. Cliff, I don't know. What's his DJ name? I don't, I don't know what his DJ, DJ name is, Cliff? actually. This is D- just Cliff, as I know him. Uh, he used to work down at Croc. You've probably seen him around. I got him. Uh, but he's, he's been in the scene for a long time. He does a good job. He's a fun DJ there on Sundays. But, uh, yeah, so we've just been rocking out this summer, trying to keep our heads above water. You know how it goes. Well, I'm sure with all of the accolades your sister restaurant's getting. Yeah, yeah, and us as well. Uh, we, uh, we were up for a beard again again this year and congrats to Eduardo again he beating us out on that one <laughs> uh, but yeah it's it's been busy I feel like every night man I'm here oh yeah oh, sorry, table's flight. going down we've got food writers here I had writers yesterday for like Japan Air in flight magazine something weird we've already got stuff all over the place <laughs> do you ever get nervous when those people come in no, no you just no. play it I'm cool like, every time I've ever worked at a restaurant they're like somebody rushes in the kitchen is like there's a critic here there's a food writer or a James Beard guy it's it's like, and yeah, what I'm the good. fuck do you want me yeah. to do? Make it good? What the fuck do you think I do on every single plate? Yeah, exactly. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what we do. That's why they're here in the first somebody, place. Yeah, somebody comes up and is like, oh, this is for the owners. This is for the investors. And I'm like, they get no special treatment, man. Yeah. These customers have been waiting just as long. It's going to take just as long for their food. I mean, I'll give it an extra wipe down the, yeah. ri- the ring nice, of the plate. Nice little special rim job on it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
All right. Complimentary. So yeah, so I haven't been recording on schedule lately. You know, I'm trying to get back. As you guys know, I said I was in San Francisco for three weeks. Did I talk about eating where I ate last when I was down there? Uh, no, I don't believe you did. Not a whole lot. I didn't get to eat very much. I ate a lot of catering. Uh, I did. Did I tell you about it? I went, no, I didn't know what you were doing down I there. I went down there and helped produce the Outside Lands Festival. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, with some friends of mine. They've been asking me to come on the festival circuit and work with them. And I keep telling them, I work in a kitchen, man. I get no time off. Yeah. But I decided this was the year. I hadn't taken a vacation this year. And it really wasn't vacation. I like San Francisco a lot. I love the food scene down there. Everybody always is, you know. But I got to eat at Flower and Water. There you go. Which nice. was quite amazing. Uh, it's, it's funny when you go to San Francisco and then you come back here and you're like, I, I didn't leave home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different restaurants, different people. That's about it. Yeah, it's just different <laughs> different scene, different vibe. Yeah. But it's pretty much almost the same scene. <laughs> yeah. uh, the food scene down there is cracking, but uh, it was a lot of fun. I ate the catering game. I think I talked about it last time. I ate catering all, three times a day uh, on site in yeah. Golden Gate Park. And uh, it was on point, man. It was pretty good. I was super interested. Um, I got to meet Eddie Huang. Nice. Um, I uh, got to meet Bill Nye, uh, Maddie Mattinson. Got to talk to them. I had to actually have some audio footage or uh, audio out there from. I got like, I got to talk to him for like five seconds. But uh, so yeah, they had this stage there called Gastro Magic, right? And they brought a bunch of people, a bunch of artists, uh, musicians from the festival to come, and they paired them up with people in the food industry. So like I said, they had Eddie Huang, uh, Hugh Atchison, uh, Maddie Mattinson, Amy Pomeroy, uh, who else on here? Melissa Chow, uh, Shake Shacks, uh, Mark Rosati. They had a chocolate company. Company. They had these meat companies there, and they paired them up with other artists, and they would do like Bill Nye was with Maddie Mattinson, and it, I got a lot of video on it, which I'll post on the page. But they did, uh, they taught people about sous vide and uh, reverse searing. Okay. And yeah. Bill and I talked about the science of it. And it was quite interesting, but it was just weird seeing all these people at a music festival sitting in front of a stage all day in the sun watching basically food watching, demos. Watching cooking demos. Watching cooking <laughs> demos. I, I thought it was really interesting. And of course, I had like all access. So I got to go backstage and see the prep area and stuff like that. Got to talk to Bill and I for a couple minutes. But did it happen to be near the, uh, the food vendors? <laughs> There, it was actually by the wine. I got ripped off because uh, they had a he- wine land. And what happens is you pay $2 and they give you a plastic wine glass. You can get a metal one for $10. But I looked at the prices and I'm like, these aren't that bad. You know, I was thinking it was a glass. I was thinking it was a glass of wine, a half a, a carafe, yeah. or um, a bottle. No, it was a one ounce, a five ounce, and an eight ounce pour. And of course, I like was like, well, I'll I'll pay three dollars for a one ounce, but you get all these tasters. But it was it was right near Wineland, and I actually made friends with one of the guys from the bakery. Amy Boumier had uh, recommended me to go. He had asked me for some rolling papers, and I was like, sorry, man, I don't have any rolling papers. And I recognized him a little later in the day, and I borrowed some rolling papers, gave him some rolling papers from a friend, and he was like, you can have whatever you want from my uh, fancy-ass bakery that Very we nice. have here. So I made some pretty cool hookups, but I've been back in town and trying to get reassimilated with uh, working in the kitchen, and it sucks. It was really nice being back. Yeah, you know, it's good to be away. Good to be away <laughs> for a while. But uh, we're back here to catch you guys up on all, all the news. I've been asked a lot by a bunch of people, where the fuck have you been? Why haven't you been recording? Mostly it's because Johnny uh, left me you know, by myself, so I had to bring in uh, some reinforcements. Right. Glad to have you Get here, Get the Troy. replacement players in. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be bringing some people to you, uh, maybe some new folks, some folks from the past, and uh, we'll get their perspectives. We'll see who uh, you 
Tarantino has the goods. So first up, I wanted to talk about Linda Dershang and what's going on with her. Apparently, she has sold her restaurant, Tallulah's, which is named after her daughter, and she has sold it to a gentleman by the name of Brad Hagen. Uh, He's the co-founder of Bellingham-based Hagen Grocery Store chain. He says he's not planning to change anything about the restaurant. He's going to keep it as it is. And I did some research on this guy. He has never owned anything in Seattle before, and he actually just started up a restaurant group. Um, He's the president of CEO. CEO of Naples Best Restaurant. Uh, he's the CEO of that, and he said he's been working in the food and beverage industry for almost 10 years. But basically, on his side of everything, he's been just doing marketing. Yeah, that's interesting. Also, you know, starting a, a grocery store franchise. Yeah, food and beverage industry, I don't think but he's completely st- different. I don't aspect. think he started it. I think that he. Uh, well, I mean, it's got his name on it. If you've ever been to a Hagen, which I, the closest one I can think of has got to be north of Linwood. There's nothing even close to down here. I know that. Oh, shit. He had two million in annual sales there. I mean, he's got eight locations. I mean, this guy is, yeah, marketing. He started off in marketing, though. I'm just curious as to how these two made the connection. And this is his first venture into Seattle. Yeah. And I'm just wondering why he's breaking into, um, you know, why is he's got he's got a couple other places around the Pacific Northwest. But this is his first in Seattle. That's true. I mean, he's. On the other hand, though, if he's diversifying, he's getting into the market here. He's starting with uh, an establishment. It's been around on the hill for a long time, uh, and people know it. So he is—he's not coming into into a brand new game, I guess, on his. But I, my curiosity is in Linda, who obviously is no amateur in the scene here. Why deciding to sell to someone so outside? She's got to have other people around that would probably be a better fit to take over that restaurant, I would think. She's a smart business person, so I don't doubt what she's doing is not best for her and her you know, pockets or company. Uh, she has enough businesses around Seattle. By, I mean, I don't know. She just purchased Queen City Grill. She's been hanging out in Belltown a lot lately. She's getting to know the neighborhood because I don't think she's ever she doesn't doesn't own any businesses that really downtown. You know, she's no. got Kings and Ballard. She's got Kings and, and Ballard. Most everything else is up on Capitol Hill. Um, we talked we were talking about it earlier. She had uh, opened up another bar in Capitol Hill, which is called Bait Shop. I highly recommend their chicken sandwich. Uh, but she opened that thing up and sold it to a friend of mine, uh, Jonah. And I had asked her personally about it, and I asked her, you know what's going on with that and basically she had explained to me she didn't know that I knew Jonah I just asked her you know like why'd you sell um, bait shop and she explained to me that um, she had some people that were there on the ground that she had hired to help her open up the place they weren't investors or business partners and they were doing a really good job with running the place and she decided that um, you know maybe these guys deserved a chance to operate their own establishment and I'm not sure about the financial details of the situation or how that worked out but basically she was saying that she felt that it would be in better hands with somebody else and I think that's great. I don't know on a like ethically and morally and as a person, you know, that's a great thing to do for somebody is give them an opportunity. And if you have the ability to 
do that for somebody and walk away and you're happy with that decision, ultimately it's your choice. And I applaud her for doing that for somebody because they are good. The people that are running uh, Bait Shop on Capital are, are great people and they've done, they've changed uh, a couple things about it. Nothing really big, but it's turned into like more of a local bar establishment. They have, I have friends that DJ there and there's bands that play there and they do their own little theme nights and it's, the food is great. And uh, I mean, I've even went there and watched RuPaul's Drag Race and it's a big party. So I, you know, I, ha- I don't see any problem with it, but it's just, you see, you know, press releases about her selling Tallulah's, which I'm assuming was doing fine. I have friends that work there too. And they never seemed like they've been in any trouble. No, that place is always pretty packed. Yeah. It's in a good neighborhood, a good part of Capitol Hill. And it's named after her daughter. Yeah. Which you would think would be the one in her group that doesn't go anywhere. I mean, it's, her, it's her namesake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's funny. But she also bought Queen City Grill and I haven't had a chance to speak with her or I know she spoke with a couple friends of mine who haven't really asked about it, but that's like a weird buy too. It is. I mean, that place has been failing for a long time. It's had a lot of trouble. It's, this is what the third time it's tried to be fourth, fourth time. It's tried to be, be saved. And, uh, I really hope it succeeds. I think she has the magic touch. Um, I know that me and Johnny have personally worked for her and she has some some weird ways of operating her businesses, but it seems to work. And I think it might be a good fit for Queen City. That seems yeah. to fit her personality and her. And, and Queen City in its heyday decades ago, though, was a, it was a spot. It's never. It's, 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 ne- it's got some some old school glory days. I never thought stories it, from what I've heard from people that have worked there back in uh, when it was going strong. Uh, so she might be someone who's been around long enough to be able to tap into that potential. She's probably hung up there in her younger days. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> All right. Uh, so from one uh, local story to a larger story, uh, there's rumblings about uh, your man Mario Batali trying to make a comeback. And uh, he's been shopping around a new TV show. He's trying to open up some new restaurants. Uh, there also was a press release about him not selling they have not bought him out of any of his restaurants yet they had made a press release a long time ago saying that they would buy him out by july 1st it is now what's the date today troy today is the 29th 20 yeah i think that's correct that's what i told the my produce order last night at least (laughs) yeah (laughs) i do that every time too i'm like this is for a delivery date of shit what the hell is the day today uh but that has not happened and uh they're still trying to figure out a way to buy him out of all of his restaurants i mean you got to think about it that way too. Um, she can afford to sell her restaurants. She doesn't. Linda Shane doesn't sell her restaurants because she has to. It's because she wants to. Um, so entrepreneur, moving on doing new things. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about it is, is you know, you have time to wait to find a purchaser, somebody to come up with the money. You got to think, Mario Batali. It's like a liquidation sale. Like, yeah. Who the fuck can automatically come up with that amount of money to buy his restaurants? Well, what do you think it's worth? Though? That's the real question. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was a lot worth a lot more before this. Because all of the worth was in the name. But what's the name anymore? <laughs> yeah, and how is the food there? Yeah. Has any, you eaten anything in his restaurants? No. What about, yeah? We have Salumi here, but that's his dad's, yeah, it's right? it's his dad's. I mean, I love a good Italian sandwich, but it's, damn, it's a lot of work to get one of those sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, that's it, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I've actually read some stuff online, uh, some celebrities who came in, and they get no special treatment. Nothing. It, no, it's like, sorry, we're sold out of that, or you have to wait. 
Yeah, sorry, there's 70 other people in line. You're pressed up against the glass. Like, who are you? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So. Well, and also there's a there was another thing that came out. uh, I'm seeing the article for today's date about one of Batali's longtime staffers, a guy that was a server at his very first restaurant, Jason Denton, who then came in as uh, uh, an investor opening up some of his primary ones that has just walked away from the restaurant group. What Walked away? So he, uh, and he says, uh, in his words, it was to spend time uh, with his family and focus on the future. But I don't know, it's a good, that's time, kinda, good time to wash your hands. That's kind of... Well, the question is, did he walk away because he's washing his hands or did he walk away because something was about to come out and they're like, you can leave or... This shit hits. That's very true. And for anyone who's going to be looking into possibly buying these restaurants, you're going to be digging up anything and everything. That's all press that's coming out to you as a new owner of it. Because so. like, leaving to spend time with my family, at least lately, has meant I'm about to get blasted. Yeah. Well, that seems to be the theme nowadays that we've noticed uh, locally and nationally is that people are leaving and using it as I'm using it to spend time with my family. Uh, and I then w- your Facebook page gets hacked and somebody says a lot of very oh, dirty things sh- about you. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> While you're uh, on vacation, suddenly you become very <laughs> racist. I don't know. If, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk about that. That's a uh, that's a the rough. broad strokes are somebody in the Seattle restaurant biz got his Facebook page hacked. By somebody who's very angry with him, his his wife, right? I, I'm guessing ex-wife. Yeah, ex-wife. Oh man, I don't even want to. I don't want to read that post. No, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't read it out loud because it's fucking ruthless. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's been the trend. Is is I would like it if somebody just came out and just said, you know, this is what happened. This is why I'm leaving and not try to sugarcoat it. Nowadays, nowadays things are going to come out eventually. Um, so fuck Mario Batali and I don't think he should get a second chance. Uh, no, it's, it's multiple strikes. I mean, before all of the sexual harassment came out, he was stealing tips from his, his oh, staff. Oh, shit. Yeah, we, <laughs> we covered that last year. Yeah. He's a, I mean, it happens over and over. It's no, This is nothing new. Yeah. So he's, he's got strikes on a celebrity level, but then also just as a restaurant owner level, a huge no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, they'll probably, they'll probably get it. There's been enough time that has passed where people, it, I necessarily don't think that enough time has passed for me to forget. I just won't forget. But the normal public who aren't in the industry are going to, oh, didn't he have something happen to him a couple years ago? I, I don't remember. Well, he's back. It must not have been true. Let's go have some pasta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh the guy with the Crocs. I forgot about him. Dude, yeah. it, since, he, uh, since he got in trouble, man, the Crocs company's been shutting down factories all over the world. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think that maybe the popularity of Mari Batali is... That was the only Dire- saving grace. D- directly <laughs> impact the sales of Crocs in the kitchen. So maybe you don't want to be associated with uh, Crocs because Mario Batali is, and so therefore... Or you because you just have some basic self-dignity. Hey, man, I, I rock the Crocs in the kitchen. They're super comfy, man. Like I said. <laughs> what do you wear? What do you wear, Troy? Oh, my God, my, God, my dance goes. Oh, but dance goes. Tuna, dance. you know, Tuna's rocking all kinds of Crocs. The I think big, the latest pair I saw were tie-dyed. <laughs> yeah, I think the best I've seen him ever in were uh, he had a pair of camouflage. Yeah, tie-dyes. yeah. I would take camouflage over the ones I saw at home the other day. Yeah. So like I said you might be right Keith about a homeboy walking away and uh, you might be he might be walking away because the family is just might be a, a shit storm and he's just tired of dealing with this probably fucking his head up and 
he might be just over it. Uh, but or he no, nonetheless, that's not a good omen for anyone who's even potentially considering throwing down the figures it takes to buy one of these restaurants. Yeah. Well, who knows how much the probably it's probably worth. Uh, I'm sure significantly less than what it originally was estimated to be worth. Uh, but things are going to come out, and uh, maybe people just. They don't want to buy any of his restaurants. So, but things are going to come out. We'll hear what happens with him. Uh, Anthony Bourdain uh, had some shit come out. Even death, you cannot escape people. There's no hiding. There's no hiding from bullshit um, accusations. And uh, the best you can do is just be not interesting. No one looks for your dirt when you're boring. (laughs) Yeah, there's all sorts of people who do (laughs) fucked up shit and nobody says anything. But I found this story. I don't want to. shit on my man, uh, Mr. Bourdain, why he's passed away, uh, the Pope. Uh, we have a, a uh, what, would, what would you call that, Keith? Uh, a religious icon. Yeah. Uh, up in our studio, Keith uh, masturbates to it three or four times a day. I uh, just got finished. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, his girlfriend, who was one of the, who, you know, everybody had nothing but nice things to say about her while he was alive. Uh, I never heard anybody say anything bad, bad things about her. Anthony Bourdain praised her for her involvement in the Me Too movement, speaking out against Harvey Wein, uh, Weinstein and uh, being a support of all sorts of people that, um, you know, had uh, brought accusations up against people in Hollywood. Her herself, she's an Italian actor. Yes, Italian. Um, but apparently she uh, had had some uh, relationships with a minor. Yes, at the time, a minor <laughs> who apparently um, listed her as his biggest sexual fantasy. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know. I haven't read too much into like that whole aspect of it because I'm not into kitty porn. <laughs> but what I am interested in is Anthony Bourdain paying. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, no, no, no. He paid. Yeah, there's, Anthony there's no doubt of, gave of transferring him of money. $380,000. Now, why he gave that young man a $380,000 is up for debate. He Here's the facts. This young man by the name of Jimmy Bennett was 17 at the time. He apparently uh, is accusing Asia Argento of sexual assault. She had gave him a call one night and asked him to come up to her hotel room and they had sex together. And a couple years later, um, and he admitted, he said that he was raped. He was scared. She got on top of him. And yeah. he said that I had had this sexual fantasy of her since I was 12 years old. But in the moment, he was like, what the fuck is going and on? And then suddenly at the time when she gets him liquored up, he's not into it anymore. Apparently. <laughs> at 17. Uh, when yeah. you're 12, <laughs> you know, it's all good. But when you're 17 and boozed up, it's not okay. Well, basically what happened is, is to make it go away, she, uh, Anthony Bourdain said, fuck it. Let's pay this kid off. And uh, she said that she, you know, was against it, yada, 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 and is saying that we paid him because he obviously has some issues and we want him to uh, just go away. And he's lying about the accusations. But uh, that sounds like hush money to me. Yeah, it definitely sounds like something's afoot. Now, in in Tony's words, you're not buying silence. Uh, and the, the best little part is uh, only to help a poor, twisted goof get his life together. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Jesus. Yeah, they had, I mean, they had had, uh, they found some text messages between, after he died, uh, they had uh, found some text messages between the two calling him an asshole and a donkey. And uh, he's saying it's it's no admission of anything. Uh, it's no, no attempt to, 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 to buy any cover. We're just trying to help somebody out who has problems and well yeah but then the pictures come out of them two in bed and it's like okay she fucked the kid and then she admits oh yeah I might have fucked the kid and then you gotta question why they paid him off yeah I mean they do have she he's shirtless in bed with her uh, people are sick man um, but maybe she has her own problems you well know? I'm sure she that- does like she's obviously not the most stable person anybody's ever met uh, yeah, well, the victim becomes the victimizer. Yeah, well, yeah. and there's another there's case cycle. of putting yourself in a situation. You know, <laughs> there's some some people that stuff like this never happens to because they avoid people. They can like keep that. their head. They can keep their head clear. At the time, uh, she said that you know she was broke and she couldn't afford to to pay him off, or maybe she might have. Uh, and Anthony Bourdain offered. Offered to do it. It wasn't. She never asked him. Um, she never suggested it. He actually was the one who came up with the idea, and she said she had never thought about it because she was broke. She was willing to deal with the uh, accusations, and uh, she says they're not true. But uh, I don't know. I just find it fucked up that they're doing this to my man after he died. It is. It's. Uh, I don't even like talking about this too much, to be honest. Grill, how long steak, mister? Uh, six minutes. Yeah, if six I minutes, thank you. All right, uh, we're going to wrap this episode up with a little bit of good news. Uh, here in Seattle, some local news. Ex-chef of Vendemia. Vendemia? Uh, Vendemia. Vendemia. Yeah. Ex-chef of Vendemia. Uh, my buddy, friend of the podcast, uh, the homie Eric Jackson, has opened up his donut spot in White Center. It is called Good Day Donuts. Last I had spoke to him, he was looking for a Seattle-based artist to come out there and uh, paint a mural on the front of his uh, donut shop of a peop- of some Seattleites on a roller coaster going through donut holes. Or, you know, the holes in donuts. Okay. Uh, I told him I could hook him up. I asked him when he'd be open. He says he has no fucking idea when it's going to open up. That sounds about right. Uh, But uh, as of August 23rd, Good Day Donuts is open for business in the neighborhood of White Center, which is now a new popping... up-and-coming neighborhood. Popping neighborhood. Who would have thought? Yes. Once the hood, (laughs) now it's all good. Good Day Donuts. That should be their motto. Yeah. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, (laughs) Just put that in the sign, the banner right over the roller coaster. Used to be the hood, yeah. but now it's all good. Day, good day donuts. donuts. <laughs> um, what is the deal with all these people opening up, all these fancy chefs opening up uh, donut dessert spots and things things of that nature? I mean, you, can't, that- you can't say that every night when you're getting your ass kicked, you're not thinking of an, there's got to be an easier way. <laughs> <laughs> getting anally raped <laughs> on a daily basis. Do you think that Eric was sitting there thinking about donuts? Like, what can I make really well? Just one thing. I could figure out donuts to do this. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I haven't really asked him about like why, the who, the where, the why of how this happened, but we've been seeing the trend of chefs going towards uh, you know, dessert locations, um, 
it's been a trend that's happening uh, for the past what four years, five years, something yeah. like that. Yeah, dessert locations or just uh, smaller little uh, niche menu <laughs> items. You're just locking down a couple of things. Yeah, I think simplifying, simplifying everything, making a smaller limited menu. I think is a lot easier with a smaller location. Uh, we've talked about Renee Erickson. Her general purpose donuts is doing really good. She's moving one to L.A. Keith, what, what do you know about that? Don't you the one? You know more about that. Uh, Miss Erickson has decided that she's going to expand her empire down the West Coast. And then we are getting a Shake Shack up here, which is brought to you by some fancy pants chefs who opened up their little burger joint. And they did their pop-up at Canalis, yeah. which was a weird combination. They had the line all the way down to Dexter, though. Well, and <laughs> speaking of shit at Canlis, uh the milk bar pop-up was apparently cracking as fuck. Yeah, they were, they were selling tickets to get ahead of line two days prior somewhere in uh, Lower Queen Anne is what I heard. You could go and get tickets so that you didn't have to stand in line through all of Yeah, man, South I was Lake insane. Christina, Toss, Christina Tossi was here. She was here. She yeah. was here. I did hear about that. I was out of town, though. I got to say her episode of Chef's Table was really fucking cool and uh, super inspiring just from like a cooking standpoint and a, and a uh, finding your own own lane standpoint, dude. She's a she's a G. I didn't know that her husband worked at Eleven Madison Park. Yeah, I was unfamiliar with that prior to that as well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the, they're bringing in some of these like smaller. I don't want to say ghetto, but you know, non traditional, fancy yeah. food places, and they're collaborating with some of the nicer restaurants in town and this has been happening all over the country yeah it's it's interesting though when you think of you know okay so a line guy trying to get his own spot you know that's how a lot of people get into the food truck game where you've got very limited menu you're doing a couple things because it's extremely low overhead but when you look at these people that are very successful restaurateurs with many establishments suddenly like you know what i could open a donut shop (laughs) where does that come from is is it a passion is it a true passion for donuts i think it's it's a money grab it's the simplicity it, thing. Like I, I, I think, I think it's a money grab, and I think they see other people being successful in that uh, particular branch of the food industry, and they think that it's going to be. Um, it's not such a, a huge venture for them because she's she's held nothing back in the rest of her her spots here in Seattle. Fuck no, <laughs> man. She's dude. She's out there doing it, man. My friends that you know, same friends you have that you know work at uh, in some of her restaurants are they got nothing but good shit to say about her. She yeah. she busts her ass. Yeah, she does, and she continues to elevate and grow and change the Seattle scene uh, for the better, I'd guess. And it's funny. This is, you know, she's trying to break out into another market, which is L.A., but she's doing it with donuts. Yeah, she's not bringing any of, she's not bringing her A-game down <laughs> by <laughs> well, any means of well, what you, she's doing up here. You're saying her donuts are not <laughs> I'm A-game? I'm not saying General Porpoise is not worth $6 for a donut. <laughs> I'll take one any day of the week. <laughs> but you would think someone who's going to, you, you would want to bring down what you're truly proud of, and for her, that's the donuts. That's what she's taking pride in and bring it to LA. And I agree more with power to her. I well, I don't know about more power to her because I agree with you saying that you know, whatever, general purpose donuts are great and all that stuff. But it's like that's not what she's known for. She's not known for donuts. Um, she's known for Pacific Northwest. Uh, food and seafood. I mean, so it's it, I, it's playing it safe at that point. 
Because she's she, you're moving into LA, one of the only one of the few Michelin markets in America, and, and, and you're he, not you're not bringing down, you know, some of your top tier restaurants here in the Seattle market, which by no means is a slouch of a food market. I, but I I I think she is she is on that level. You know, I think that she's a great chef and that she could be successful I th- I down in that market in too. LA as well. The, the question is: Is this the first move of a bunch of moves, or is it just? Yeah, I think I'll open a donut shop. The, I gotta believe that she's being smart enough about it. She's like, dipping her toe yeah. into the water Let's go test with the do, with donuts. See what's up. And and so then it's L.A. and then San Fran, and then you start. No, 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 no. You're not. More restaurants down in L.A. More restaurants. No, no. I think that's how she's getting her name down there. She's getting established. It's not even the name. It's just like okay, meet all the purveyors, meet all the people, figure out how to do this on a larger, nicer scale from my donut shop. You and know? then, and then she opens it's a, the it's door. It's a it's a cautious move to get into the door. It's a beachhead. Okay. The invasion has started from from a very intelligent businesswoman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you see some of the restaurants around here. Uh, they open up food trucks. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 a step down from. A traditional sense uh, in this industry is usually you want to work your way up. Maybe you get a little uh, a stall, then you get a truck, then you get a small brick and mortar, then you get a restaurant, then you get two restaurants, then you get a restaurant group, then you open up a catering company, and then you know all this bullshit. But now people are going reverse style. I think Eduardo Jordan is opening up uh, like a small store. At, I, I blame John Favreau. <laughs> but at June, maybe he's. I. I mean, I heard that. Well, he's kind of been doing that from the get go. If you look at his dessert menu online, where it's all designed for taking it with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. He's been doing that since day one. But now he's opening up with his store, actual storefront. Yeah. Counter. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, yeah, it's very interesting the the way of. I don't know. The future of of food and the food industry is definitely changing. It's, and that's the thing about it is, is like, uh, people aren't wanting to work in a kitchen anymore. Um, yeah. Online during service, um, it fucking sucks, man. Yeah. How many uh, extra hours you've been putting in these last two summers fuck, because of it, dude? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Your summers are gone. It's gone. You're you know saying? And then, and then on top of that, even when it slows down in the winter time. You still are busy because you have to get rid, cut your staff it, yep. it, by 30, 40%. Sales drops. You're still looking out for labor. Guess what? It's still but just your still, labor. But you're still there. <laughs> um, so people are trying to figure out other ways of making money uh, besides having to pay line cooks because there are no line cooks. So I think that, that, you know, if you work at a donut shop, you got some bakers, you got some counter people. That's it. It's pretty straightforward. You, can, you have no labor cost. You know what I'm saying? Well, then you got places down in San Francisco that are just doing away with waiters. They're like, you can either bust your own shit or the cooks will bring it out to you. And these are like not the kind of places that you would traditionally expect to like do away with waitstaff. Like, you know, good fucking food. You're not talking counter service. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's, it's not counter service quality food. It's like really good shit. But they're like, hey, you know what? So what would that be? So the, what would that be called? Is that that's not fast casual? That's what, what, what's the new what, what's the new term we're trying? I don't to know because we've it. got. Have you ever been to a, a blazing onion or whatever it is yeah. up here? Yeah, it's the weirdest thing ever. You walk in, you order, and then they they seat you after you're ordered. It's it's so confusing I, the, as to how it works. works. <laughs> I remember the first time I went in there and I was like, "What the fuck? What am I doing? I didn't know. What's Nobody my had role told here? Yeah. I just I just came in hungry with money. <laughs> what else do I need? And then who do you tip? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, every time I get takeout food, I feel like a dickhead because I tip 
a lot less than I would if I was sitting down. Yeah. I'm still eating the same food, and the cooks are still making that food. But I don't want the server to get that money. Exactly. Tipping wait staff for not doing shit by yeah. handing me my bag that yeah, they didn't know that they didn't wrap or anything. Exactly. So they said five words to you. I'm not giving you cash for that. No. <laughs> yeah. So I want to congratulate Eric Jackson and his wife. Uh, for opening Good Day Donuts, everybody give them a, um, give them a visit. And if, when you're down there, I mean, there's all sorts of really good places in White Center. It's uh, blowing up. They got their new, uh, the new unicorn is going in down there. I got my friend Zoe's got the company bar, which is great. Shout out to Nora, she's there too. I used to work with her at Honey Hole. Uh, Dottie's Double Wide, you been there yet? I haven't yet. I, I haven't. feel bad I haven't either. Shout out to my boy BJ Kaiser. So that neighborhood's, yeah. I mean, we're gonna. I'm telling you, within five years, we're gonna start reading all these articles. Articles about all these fancy right now that are moving in right now. It's kind of a it's it's on the come up and it's you got a donut shop. You got a little, you know, <laughs> bars, little some some ramen places that are popping up over there. Um, the gentrification. New luck toy and stuff yeah. is, you know, all those all those little fancy places that aren't really that super fine dining or fancy are popping up there. And they're doing a really good job of taking over that area. But within five years. It's going to be fucking... They've already got the clientele. I know so many people within the last two years, and a large amount of them industry employees as well. They got tired of paying rent in the city, wanted to buy a house and settle down, and they bought in White Center. It was cheap. So you've got people down there that are willing to go out and eat and throw down money on it and have an industry mindset. Their money's there for the taking. It's yeah. going to be a couple years. I mean, but it's it's funny to me because I know people that live in the city, the inner city of Seattle, and they're going out there to hang out. Yeah. You know, you know me friends I have to go hang out at Supreme Pizza? <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You know, we got pizza places here. And they're like, yeah. not like that. Like, <laughs> it's what? not the same. What the fuck, dude? Dude, so, all the cool shit in the city is moving south. And it's just because Capitol Hill is so goddamn expensive that <laughs> we can live there anymore. <laughs> not for me. Uh, that's going to be the end of episode 111. Of grill, how long steak, Mister? Five minutes. Thank you. Five minutes. Five minutes ago. I want to thank <laughs> Troy for being here. Uh, I love I love Troy to death, man. We have a lot of fun when we hang out. So maybe I'll be able to get him to come down here and. Uh, and uh, record with us a couple other times uh, in the near future. I want to thank Keith. It's good seeing you. I feel like I haven't seen him, here, seen him very much since I've been back. I have been uh, shutting myself away in my uh, home. I really miss my uh, lady friend. She's at the, the man that's burning. So shout her out. She'll be listening to this, I'm sure, on her ride back from uh, Black Rock City. It's a long drive. She's got plenty of time. Oh, man, she just chills on the back of the bus. <laughs> like, I texted her the whole way back last time for fucking, I don't know, a day and a half or whatever. Uh, I wonder how the food, we should maybe have her in here to talk about the food they, uh, I could definitely have, a, I have a friend that goes down there, is paid by one of the other camps to come there and cook for them. And she does uh, vegan vegetarian food at Burning Man. That's got to be. Let's go do a pop-up oh, she's got a lot. Here. No, she mostly cooks for the camps. Oh, okay. So people that, you know, people, I don't know, whatever it is, but she's paid by a camp to come down there and cook. I'd love to have her on Ryle's Amazing Shelf. has her own company. She cooks at Beloved. She cooks at all those hippie festivals. Oh, yeah. So. Sure, it's delicious nonetheless, though. Yeah, great, great, great food. I just. They're a pain to cook for, but I'll eat her. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, like I said, I want to thank Keith. Uh, he is the. Uh, owner operator of uh, Soundcasting Network. If you have any podcasting needs or uh, recording type deals, contact him at soundcastingnetwork.com. Uh, check out some of the other shows. What show do we want to promote today, Keith? Today we're going to promote 
end user disagreements because those boys have gotten their shit together and the shows are a lot tighter and um, it's just been a really fun show lately man PAX is coming up too PAX is coming up check out the latest episode for like some news about the uh, fighting games video games yeah. and cooking goes yeah. hand in hand right that's oh, that's man. mostly what we do when we Isn't get off work is that what your job is? <laughs> I mean yeah it's your entire shtick <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I was in San Francisco and I had a chance to go to uh, through the festival I got a chance to go to a, a place that was not open yet a pinball arcade and they in San Francisco called Outer Orbit and uh, through the the festival they invited a group of us to go there and check it out and get our sneak preview uh, but they didn't had no idea I worked you know I was a chef at a pinball bar a- but I wore my Jupiter shirt there just cause you know and I had people freaking the fuck out like oh my god that place is so cool and I was like yeah, I'm the sandwich artiste. Yeah. <laughs> there. I'm the, I'm the first face when you walk in the door. Yeah. So um, I'd like to thank Studio 212 and Keeping the Soundcasting Network and Troy. And I'd love to thank Johnny, too. I miss you a lot. Uh, we love you, man. Come back. Yeah, come back to me. Come home, Johnny. Come home. <laughs> I miss my sweet chocolate uh, Puerto Rican. Is he Puerto Rican? I think it's Dominican. He's one of those things. But anyway, uh, until next time, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Make sure to rate and review on iTunes, and uh, we'll catch you in the upcoming weeks. All right. Signing off. Grill, how long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.